Zish Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Anne Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast with the one and only effervescent, Shakespearean, colorful Anne Christensen and the bland beige Tariq, a.k.a. The Architect, here on the... Uh, Final week of Summerfest. This week's uh, This Bites, we got a, some, a lot of interesting things to talk about, including a Malort Fest, which I swear, I bet, this people who organize Malort Fest have been listening to This Bites, and they're not giving yeah. our credit, our due, because they, our tagline is what? Stay hungry. And keep them more cold. So we want we want to make sure, we'll get into this, that the people organize this, that they give us the credit that is due to us. So anyway, let's put that out. <laughs> uh, but also we're going to talk about, uh, there's a great piece on MilwaukeeMags.com. I wouldn't say great, but. About your childhood and, yeah. what you, and your summer childhood and what you did, what you ate, what you cooked, all that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about that. And then there's also a great little piece about dining on Mitchell Street, historic Mitchell Street, which is probably one of my favorite streets in Milwaukee. Uh, then Mai Tai Day and, and some more things as well. But let's kick it off with your um, childhood, Ann. Let's go back. Let's, My let's, childhood. let's go back in a way back machine. So Yeah, we're back in time. So we're talk back about, in time, talk a about this story thing, about uh, your, um, yeah. your child, this, this well, story, your nostalgic look at your summer childhood I'm in, not gonna in the lens say, of food. Yeah, I'm not going to say that uh, I grew up on any gourmet meals. I didn't. Um, I had a very simple childhood, you know, back in the 1800s when we were, you know, churning our own butter. No, I'm kidding. Okay, but it was, um, I, I, I have often said I grew up on a lot of convenience foods, but in the summertime, my mom was really into, um, you know, getting fruits and canning them. And, and one of the things she liked to do were pickles. So I grew up with a lot of pickle making in the house. And I have really strong memories of in August, going and getting all these little cucumbers, buying them cukes, at a farmer's market, them, right? cukes, yeah. and uh, and having to be down in the basement at the utility sink with ice cold water and a brush and scrubbing those cucumbers because <laughs> you had to get them really really clean um, before she could actually you know do the whole pickling process. But it gets, yeah, it gets yeah, gross. you know they're kind of gross. They just yeah. they need to be scrubbed. Yeah. So um, my brothers and I would do that, and uh, and I remember you know when she'd start doing this in the kitchen, it would get really hot and we didn't have air conditioning and these were in August it was always really hot so we'd go running outside because the smell of that vinegar and everything was just so strong I just remember (laughs) it being so strong and unappealing I'd go like you know flying out the back door um but other than that I remember I really remember my mom uh, I I think my my love of blueberries comes from that time in my life and so she would be making lots of stuff with blueberries especially her famous blueberry pie and I will say to this day, you still that make it. My late mother, yeah, I occasionally will. Yes, had the best pie crust. It was mm. just so flaky and perfect. And you could slice a piece of that um, blueberry pie, and you could almost pick it up and eat it. So everything sort of stayed, stayed together. Yeah, it sort of stayed together. It was really funny so that did way. Did she use Crisco in her pie? I crust? think she used Crisco. Okay. Yeah, you know, we were we. I don't. I honestly don't remember butter. I remember margarine. Oh yeah, my, like growing yeah. up, I don't. Butter was expensive. Yeah, I, think, I don't. I think it was, was too up, expensive. It was for really expensive, and margarine was yeah. like. And plus, there was this margarine marketing about how butter was bad for you. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, as well on top of it. so margarine pushed this, and turned out margarine was actually worse than butter. Yeah, <laughs> because of the trans fats or something. Margarine had more right, trans but fat. you're absolutely right. There was this whole marketing campaign to like you know, 
say the butter wasn't good for you. But anyway, so um, so yeah, it, it was. Um, you know, I I just I remember such a carefree time where you know basically you're barefoot all summer long, and uh, you know drinking Kool Aid. I I remember, you know, always filling up this pitcher. We had a certain pitcher that we mm. always had. It was almost stained the color of purple or red from the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if anybody buys Kool-Aid anymore, but we drank this I, I love all Kool-Aid. the time. Kool-Aid's we, great. Yeah. And <laughs> so, I mean, when I say this was a very 1970s, 80s childhood because, okay. you know, Jello, all these things. Um, but to us, it was really, I think, pretty precious. It was, okay. you know, but... What I remember is a lot of canning and... um, Blueberry pie. And blueberry pie. Uh, Coming up, we're going to continue our conversation about your your childhood. And you uh, also mentioned some uh, dining options for people who want to go back in time. We live their childhoods in Milwaukee. So we're going to talk about that as well. That's coming up on This Bites. We'll be right back. Support for This Bites comes from your membership and society insurance. An insurance company serving up a smorgasbord of coverages to restaurants and bars. Society Insurance offers restaurants and bar owners tailored insurance options. A full menu of Society's coverages as well as risk prevention tips are available at societyinsurance.com. We're back. And uh, we were talking about your your childhood uh, during the summer and what you ate and uh, far as in, in a kind of a culinary lens. But uh, that was part of a story that's over at the MilwaukeeMag.com. But they're also the part two of this story. You give dining options for people who want to go back in time as well during the summer. So uh, elaborate on that. Uh, well, first of all, I'm looking at the illustration from that story. And it's so spot on because my mom had these specific Pyrex mixing bowls that you can absolutely see in, in you know, in this oh, illustration. Oh, that floret, the floret patterns. Every yes. mom had those. Every mom had I those, think, right? I, and I still have a couple of them. Um, and there's a grill in the back because the other thing that we always did, we, every Saturday night we had burgers on the grill. And mm. my mom had made her baked beans. And this was a thing too. And we often did that like year round. In the middle of winter, somebody, you know, my brother, my oldest brother might be out there grilling. But so those were like, I mean, simple things. You know, we had a mm. lot of very simple things. But... Uh, so I, so we want to talk about the, the places now? Yeah. We want kind to, of our, if you part, want to look at part two. step back in time. Yeah, like okay. for people who want to, you Yeah, know, right on. I feel like Milwaukee is a, is a city that people love nostalgia. They absolutely do. Like, you know, yeah. there's probably a hundred eighties nights and people just love nostalgia. I, I am still nostalgic for a couple of places that are no longer that we used to patronize. Yeah. Pig and Whistle being one of them. It was in was Shorewood. That? It was a, um, kind of a, uh, diner, I guess, but um, so it was all like, you know, burgers and um, really grilled cheese, chili, simple things like that. But in the back of the pig, they had um, like a kind of like a, a drive up window. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you got, it wasn't a drive through, but you'd go to the back and you could get burgers and, and frozen custard and stuff like that. And that's where we typically cool. got burgers. And they were just your basic short order cook, thin, flat mm-hmm. burgers. But I have great memories of Pig and Whistle. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, um, but I talk about a few places you can go to now and feel that same sense of nostalgia. Um, we didn't go here growing up, but I, I discovered as an adult the Night Owl Drive-In, which is near, it's on Layton, it's near the airport, mm-hmm. and it's only open like April through maybe October, September, something like that. So it has seasonal hours, but it's a it's an awesome place to get a burger. And um, 
one of the best things about it is that they they get the beef. The, I mean, they have a certain amount of beef they get every day. And so when that beef runs out, they're closed. that's they're when they the close. They shut like, it um, down. Franklin's Barbecue in uh, Austin, Texas. Uh-huh. So basically, I remember the first time I went there, I lined up at, uh, I think it was 8 a.m. <laughs> they open at 12.30. Um, so people like bring their little chairs and sure. coolers and Just whatnot. Just sit there and wait. And then basically about 2, 3 o'clock, doors closed, we're out. We're done. So... Yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly the way this place operates. As soon as you know they run out of what you know, what run out of beef, they're they're going to close it down. Um, they have a good uh, fish sandwich. Really? You're like a, just a fried fried, fried fish sandwich. Okay. You can get frozen custard. There are other things you can get there. Um, you can actually there's a, a dine in area, but I always go to the you know walk up window, and it's always crowded in that parking lot. Really? Yeah. But it's got this old, really old retro sign that's really cool. <laughs> so that's the Night Owl. Uh, another place I mention um, is uh, uh, Frank's Diner, which is a little bit, it's it's down in Kenosha. But mm-hmm. um, if you want, like, you know, kind of this, um, you, again, sort of a step back in time to a place that is sort of an old railroad car. Mm-hmm. And um, they have these enormous plates of food and people especially go there like for breakfast and brunch and they have something called a garbage plate which is just this huge plate of like potatoes and eggs and sausage and all these things and their shtick is that they're kind of the staff is kind of rude to you but in a Uh, really like in a i know that very harmless way i've seen that like in different there's a place in minneapolis that had that kind of thing being rude yeah yeah it's a it's a thing but it's but it's done in a really really you know, innocuous way. way, cheeky. cheeky way. Yeah, they're trying to be funny. So that's a really fun place. Um, you know, there's another one you can you can obviously check out the story and see. Um, definitely read more about that. Okay. The funny thing is, did you you know about the Wiener Circle in Chicago, right? The Wiener Circle? Yeah. No. Now they're mean. <laughs> there's a I think Anthony Dane did an episode a while back, but they literally insult you like with expletives. I mean, it's a it's a back and forth. It's uh, you should look it up. You should YouTube it. Wiener Circle, okay, in Chicago. It's legendary. It's a hot dog place. It's a hot dog place, Chicago. Late night, you get there drunk. The people there, you talk about rude. This is taking rude to the next level. Of basically, they're cursing at you, insulting you, making fun of you, and you make you can try to make fun of back. Most time, you will fail miserably because they're so good at it. Okay, okay. You should Hmm. you should do it. You should do a story on that on the Wiener Circle. Yeah, go there and transcribe the insults that you get. <laughs> well, that's your uh, cool little story, cute little story about your childhood and a uh, place to, to go back in time. Uh, again, that's available at milwaukeemag.com. Next up, we have a peach of a story. Oh, <laughs> that's a sweet way of describing it. Yeah, it's uh, Peach Week. They do this every every year, tree ripe citrus. Um, of course, people know I'm from Georgia, and the only place to get really good peaches is Georgia. Not California. Mm. California peaches are worse. Sorry. California peaches are just awful. I know there might be Californians out there hearing this, but ugh, Georgia peaches. Yeah. It's the only peaches you need to get. If you're getting any peaches, you're going to be let down. Every people, I don't like peaches. Have you had Georgia peaches? No. Well, that's why you don't like peaches. Yeah, so. right, right. But again, Tree Wife Sister's been uh, doing this really cool thing. 
Uh, they announced a Peach Week 2019. Can you elaborate the details of Peach Week? Sure. And just so you know, okay, Milwaukee, uh, it's Tree Ripe Fruit Company is locally based, um, but they partner with a fifth-generation Georgia farm to bring yep. in these these peaches. So they are Georgia peaches. Uh, and so the key events, there are key events in this week of peach eating and celebration of peaches starting on July 9th from 9 to 10.30 a.m. at Small Pie, uh, which is down in Bayview. They're doing a fresh peach sale and pie, um, so fresh peach mm-hmm. pie. Um, on the on July 10th um, in the evening, there's a peach dinner at the Diplomat. Uh, and so the owner, Chef Dane Baldwin, is going to be doing a Georgia peach-inspired dinner. Um, so incorporating peaches into everything. I don't have the menu, but that sounds mm-hmm. amazing. That's from 6 to 10 p.m. on July 10th. Um, on the 12th, uh, Maxie's out in, uh, well, that's not quite Tosa, but it's sort of close to Tosa. Mm-hmm. They're going to be doing peach-inspired dishes and fresh peach samples from 5 to 8. On the 13th, there are two events, one at Story Hill BKC, which, again, they're doing dishes and peach pairings, um, fresh peaches. And then also the same evening at the Palomino, there's going to be a peach social and uh, so you can, you know, come in and try barrel-aged cocktails and mm-hmm. pie and pork and peaches. And uh, Honey Pie is also going to be doing uh, peach pies and um, peach-soaked bourbon cocktails from the bar. Uh, and then finally on the 14th, I mean, this just goes on and on. 14th from 7 to 11 a.m. at Blue's Egg, they're going to be doing a peach-themed breakfast and brunch. Okay. Uh, at both the Milwaukee and Shorewood locations. So, you know what I do annually? I started maybe two years ago. I know. I know so what you do. I, I, I pick up a bushel of peaches. This year I'm going to pick up two bushels. Hopefully I have time. I'm going to do my world-famous peach liqueur. So I buy the peaches, buy a 100-proof uh, bottle of vodka, make some simple syrup, a little fruit protector so peaches won't, it doesn't matter, it just makes it pretty. So people are like, oh, why is it brown? I'm like, don't worry about it. It's just going to filter out. But uh, you let it, you mix it all together. You let it sit for a minimum of two weeks. Um, the higher the proof, the better the product, basically, the better the flavor. So I'm going to make two batches because basically a bottle goes away in like two days. <laughs> and I get upset. I'm like, I spent two weeks with this thing and then like it's gone. That's just, no. So we're going to do two bottles. So it lasts four days instead of two days. Um, so I might try to make some cocktails. I might try to. I might try to go Great Lakes Distillery, see if they want to partner and create, like, Tariq's world-famous peach liquor and, like, see if we can get some mass manufacturing going on, you know. That could be fun. I don't know. Maybe go around to different bars, see if I can, like, maybe that's not legal. Probably not legal to do that. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But Didn't hear that from me. No. (laughs) But it's a great idea, and I'm excited about your peach liqueur because I I have tasted it. So I might make a peach margarita. Oh, with it. I don't know. Or I don't know what I mean. A peach sidecar. That sounds you know, great. So, okay. yeah, because only do it only works with Georgia peaches because you need that juice. And most of these peaches are not juicy. No, no, they're horrible. Yeah. They're like hard as a rock. I'm yeah. like, why am I buying this thing? I don't know. They have no fur. on. Like some of these peaches have no fur on. I'm like, what, what is this? It's like some kind of weird, like a test tube peach yeah. or something. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm glad that tree ripe citrus. It's doing these events, but also you can also go to different locations to pick up their peaches. Um, they're all over the place. So July 10th, they used to be at uh, Palomino's. I don't see them on Palomino's this time of year, this time around. Well, Palomino is doing an event at, at, yeah, for this. They just, maybe they'll be there selling peaches, maybe. 
at yeah. that event. Let's go back to Milwaukee Magazine, the latest issue, July. Yeah. Um, there's a really cool piece. Uh, you did a review of the Syrian restaurant. Yeah. But there's also Damascus a little uh, piece about historic Mitchell Street, which is yeah. definitely architecturally, uh, it reminds me of the neighborhood I used to live in D.C. called Adams Morgan before it got all uh, gentrified. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool street. It's like if I, if I move out of River West, that's where I want to live next in Mitchell Street. But do you, you have a little piece about dining along historic Mitchell Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you haven't been down to Mitchell Street in a long time, it's really worth going down there because there are a lot of really great small businesses that specialize in, um, you know, great immigrant ingredients or, or immigrant foods. Um, I've mentioned Ann Mall before. It's a great little Pakistani mm-hmm. place. Really good. Um, they have their little their barbecue. They're grilled. Yeah. Yeah, right. super good. Um, they're also... Um, they, they, they're they also known for these, like, um, they do these, like, almost like, uh, it's a sandwich that's sort of rolled up um, that is it's in their tandoori bread, so you can get mm-hmm. different kinds of meat in it. It just makes a really great lunch. But um, they're also they're also known for mutton. So if you're into that. Which is, for the people who don't know, it's a uh, uh, growing up lamb, right? Yeah. Mutton is sheep. Right. So... Instead of lamb, you're eating sheep, correct? It's exactly okay. so. Anyway, so, so people might, or so I know. No, people get really, well. People don't know. People get some people might think it's goat or mutton. Like I think there's people who are like what is mutton again? So it's it's basically sheep. Yeah, I mean, it's and and it's sort of like, um, it, so you you said it. You hit it nail on the nail on the head. It's a mature, uh, it's a it's just a mature sheep, I guess you could say. Um, but you know, it they really specialize in it. They do a, like a mutton korma, which is a yogurt-based sauce. But they mm-hmm. do other, so it's a curry too. Um, but they do other dishes with with mutton. Um, they also have beef and chicken, obviously. But um, and their I think their rice dishes are really good. Their breads are excellent. Um, so that's a great place to stop. Um, right next door to Anmal, there's a there's a Pakistani grocery store that's called Zasta. Bazaar, okay. which you can go in and buy all the ingredients to make some wow. of these stuff. Do they sell mutton? Like they have a meat. They have a butcher shop in so there. So they probably have mutton in there. Um, I would, I would think so. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually looked on. I don't know if they have it on a daily basis, but I know they it probably they is, try yeah. to. Um, but so you know, that's it's so you your, your rice, your spices, your oils, your um, your meats, your condiments. They cool. have frozen foods. It's a great place. Check out the story because there's a few other places I mentioned. Um, including a, a really great place for um, for sandwiches that it's called a Criollo. This one place, El Flamboyant Bakery, um, which is on Muskego Avenue, known for this kind of gooey uh, breakfast sandwich that has ham and egg and cheese, and it's on this great crusty warm bread. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So I talk a little bit more about that. Cool. And that's in the latest issue. Yeah, July uh, issue. Of Milwaukee Magazine. Just look at the cover of Eat Alfresca. I think that's a picture of you, isn't it, on the cover? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> Just put it out in the world. People are like, oh, that's what Anne looks like. Yeah. I got her. I'm like, no. <laughs> you should do that. And then, then you, you can, like, then you, like, throw people off the scent. I like, know. Well, I try to do that all the time, really. Let's say that's me. Anyway. Next is, uh, which is a perfect drink for summer, uh, Mai Tai Day is coming up. Yeah. And uh, what's what's happening on Mai Tai I, Day? I, and I when mean, is it? I didn't even realize there was a Mai Tai Day, but no. apparently uh, Mai Tai Day is this coming Sunday. It's it's a real thing. 
And um, if you go to the tasting room at Great Lakes Distillery, they're going to make you one. And um, they can. you can also buy some Roaring Dan's rum and Goodland orange liqueur and make your own at home. So um, so this is just, you know, a kind of a special promotion that they're doing uh, for Mai Tai Day. Cool. That's all I got about That's it. Got. That's all I got. Do you like rum? Um, you know, it's funny. I just had this conversation with someone. Um, I haven't had really fine rums like yeah. you have. And yeah, so I it's... know that you really enjoy rum. I, unfortunately, I think of rum kind of the bad, like, real yeah. rum. And yeah, I just haven't been exposed to any Coke, and that's not what it yeah. usually is. But I, I, I realized when I went to when I was in Chicago during the, uh, the James Beard Week, I, I was staying at this hotel, really cool hotel. And I had the, the 15-year uh, El Dorado. He comes up like, dude, you must work in the industry. I'm like, what? So it feels like, you know how when chefs start doing something, then everybody else follows suit? So I think rum, in the next year or two, it's about to have its moment in the sun. Really? Because he's like said that to me. I was like, what? Are chefs like in the rum or something? Like, yeah, man. I'm like, huh. Like, I didn't even say I was in the industry. He just says, you must work in the industry when I ask for the 15-year rum. Yeah. Because I just said, oh, you have 15-year El Dorado. Because I, I had the first test yeah. at Foundation, which is, oh, my God. Like, I'm a bourbon guy. I'm still a bourbon guy. But that is caramel, like, smoke, a little bit of smoke. It's oh. So that's where you would probably go for my, my Tai Day. Let's go to the Foundation. Yeah. I mean, like, just Every day sit is down, my sit Tai down. Day, though, I haven't been a foundation. foundation. I haven't been in Foundation while because I'm on a budget. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, just... Go there and like sit at the bar and actually have a conversation about rums because the bottles are one. It's just the great stories. The bottles are just gorgeous, right? And just get an education. Like while you're drinking your rum, have have buy some samples. You know, have a conversation there because Don and the rest of the bartenders are very knowledgeable. It's fun instead of just having there and just being you know social butterfly. Go there and like learn something. It's it's you'll you will not regret it. I didn't regret it, and I have a, a huge. It was I did this like years ago and then I have such an appreciation for rum that I never had before and like yeah it's it is a it's a liquor that is really underappreciated in this country and this history is very rich very rich and kind of controversial in the history people have marked that story about him Berman very well and I think it's, it's time for rum to really the people behind rum to start doing that I mean that's what it was bourbon bourbon was an, a, a joke whiskey I mean wasn't taken serious until probably 10 or 12 years ago, really. It was, it was, you know, Jim Beam and, like, you don't remember all these craft distilleries coming up and bourbon-ness and bourbon dinners. That didn't exist in 2007, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and I just see rum is, because the flavor profiles are so, like, you can taste the different notes in bourbon, right? But they're subtle. Mm-hmm. But rum the flavor profiles can be subtle to drastic. You can have one rum, you're like, whoa, this is completely different. Oh, wow, I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. So, yeah. That's, that's just, I'm, I'm championing the rum, even though I'm a bur- still a bourbon lover, but rum needs this. I feel like it's 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 getting there, slowly. It's time in the sun. It's okay. all about marketing, right? Oh, I know it is. I know Maybe it is. some influencer. In fact, we're going to be getting not, not, that's not the next part of our segment, but there is something else we're going to talk about that is about marketing. Yes. And, you know. Yeah. Anyway. 
But it's like maybe an influencer. And it, exactly. An influencer can help rum. Influencers. Did you hear about Vice? Uh, there's a story about Vice, how this ice cream, this popular ice cream place, I don't know what it was, says it charges double to influencers. No. <laughs> yeah. I think that's hilarious, though. That's great. <laughs> like, how just, do they identify an influencer? Probably, like, they probably, like, they see them on their phone and they, like, take a picture and they put up, they probably have a board. <laughs> you know, like, don't serve this person. Oh, they wow. Probably have board yeah. Influencers. Yeah. They're, and they're probably, they're, they're, their face is probably very recognizable. Huh. Anyway, I'm getting old. The whole influencer thing. It's influencing marketing. I, yeah. You know, you're a brand, Ann. I know. I know. I know. Anyway. Yeah. We should have our own uh, sarcastic business podcast. <laughs> I that's what this is. <laughs> I mean, at times, you know, yeah. we, we, we do that. Uh, should we move on yeah. to the next item here? Okay. Uh, wine dinners. Yeah, wine dinners. We have one coming up on the 15th uh, at Story Hill BKC. It's the uh, Argyle Wine Dinner with Nate Klosterman. Argyle is a pretty famous winery out of Dundee, Oregon. Uh, and you say Oregon. I say, I say Oregon. It's, okay. I don't, a, I don't know. It's, it's probably right. because I'm a north northern girl. Right, right? I don't know. Is it a what? Is there a proper way? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I would say Oregon. Oregon? Oregon. I say, I say Oregon. Portland, Oregon. I, you know, it all depends on like maybe how you heard it pronounced when yeah. you were growing huh. up. And that's probably the way I heard that's it right. pronounced. But who cares? They're not even listening. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, this winemaker dinner is, uh, as I said, it's coming up on the 15th. It's at six o'clock at Story Hill. And uh, they're going to start with a, a, a reception of a brewy, sparkling uh, wine served with snacks. Uh, next uh, item is going to be a, or next course, will be the Nut House Riesling paired with milk stewed turkey salad. Milk stewed turkey salad. Um, then it will be followed by a reserve Chardonnay paired with chanterelles and corn. Uh, then a Pinot Noir. They're doing like two different Pinots, a Pinot Noir versus a reserve Pinot Noir. Uh, paired with grass-fed tenderloin with escargot duxelles. Uh, that sounds very rich and lovely. Uh, and then the the last course is a rosé, a sparkling rosé that comes with, uh, or it's paired with, uh, I'm going to make sure I can pronounce this correctly, Uf à la neige. Uf à la neige is a floating island. You're getting the words island. this week, aren't you? What's that? <laughs> You're getting all the words this I'm week. I'm getting all the words. <laughs> I'm a little better with French than I am with Spanish. I'm really bad with Spanish. Um, if a la neige is, um, it's, it's a meringue. It's called Floating Islands. I don't know. Oh, I heard that before. Back when Grenadiers was open, they, that was one of their specialty desserts. It would be like creme anglaise with these floating mm-hmm. meringue. It was so good. So, uh, and I don't see it very often it was, anymore. It was featured on a, another Anthony Bourdain show about this French dining. It's like this classic French yeah. floating. It was like, you master this. And it was an interesting episode, like. That's when I it's, first heard about floating islands. It's a really special dessert, and yeah. I, I would, I love it. Probably, I love it more because I can't get it very often. Oh, you don't know how to make it? Oh, well, I've no, I'm, I'm saying in a restaurant, oh. and I, but I have not tried to make it at home. I made Font Roy. Font Roy doesn't make it. I know. Yeah, interesting, Font Roy. And out and, there, and places like, I mean, I've never seen it at Lake Park. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, know that I've ever seen it. Maybe they have it at La Rev. Maybe the dance can't make it. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> this is a challenge. You just are really throwing it out there today, aren't you? I'll just put it, I'm putting a challenge to them. The sarcastic podcast. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Fontler. I put floating islands on your menu, man. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway. I never even had it, so I don't know. 
Yeah. See, you don't even know. You <laughs> honestly have never tasted it. I have never tasted it because you never Font heard Leroy, of it until I just mentioned it. Font Leroy, I, I've heard of it. Oh, okay. Oh, right. I never had it because Font Leroy has never put it on their menu. Just oh, right. <laughs> Blame them. <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. So now we save the best for last. We save the we? best for last. Um, the guys over at Milwaukee Record. Um, Reported that the Ray's Growlers Gallery will be hosting Malort Fest, which I wonder where they got that idea from. <laughs> and um, as you know, our tagline is "Stay hungry and keep the Malort cold." We've been doing this. How long we've been doing the show? Oh, five years. Wow. I mean, like, it feels like a lot longer than that. Has it is been it five? Years? It's got to be at least five now, right? We need to. We yeah. need to figure this out. Yeah. So this tagline has been a long, long before the Milwaukee Malort train around right yeah so so i'm assuming ray's growlers gallery has been listening to our show i'm just gonna assume that um but they're doing a malort fest right so on um for you not familiar with malort out there it is a herbaceous liqueur um that is how to describe it it <laughs> so is it's a little musty it's unique tasting, isn't it, it is a very Rare flavor. Um, it's wormwood, right? It's wormwood, yeah. So it's, it becomes this really Chicago thing. It's a Chicago thing, let's put it away. I guess the this, this story, the mythos is, what I've heard is that uh, it's Swedish. So basically when Swedish immigrants came here, so apparently one Swedish guy came here, missed a certain liqueur that was made in Sweden, decided to make it, messed it up, became a lord, basically. <laughs> so it's basically a messed up version of what he loved in Sweden. That's this... That's what I heard the story is. I could be wrong. But, um, and as you know, they, they used to manufacture it in Chicago, moved to Florida. Now they're coming, or they, I think they're back in Chicago, making it in Chicago. But so on July 27th, the Rayborhood, which is Ray's area they call, is hosting the Lord Fest, which uh, again, July 27th, there will be um, Chicago Citrus Slushies with the Lord. Um, there's also be the Uncle Carl's Happy Boilermaker, which is uh, Malort dropped in a pint of Third Space Happy Place. That's a lot of hops and Malort. That, that sounds like my stomach would not <laughs> like that at all. Um, they'd be like, what is going on in my belly? Yeah. Uh, then there's uh, also be some Chicago-style hot dogs. Um, so it sounds full. I'm surprised they don't have like a kind of a, well, I think that'd be dangerous, a Malort shot contest. I don't, oh. think you, I don't think you get drunk off Malort. I think it's impossible to get drunk off Malort. Why? Because you just can't get, make yourself drink that much of it? I feel like it? there's not that much alcohol in there. Oh. I don't feel any... But you know what? You have, have worked up a tolerance. Right? I have worked up a tolerance for it. Um, judge Mosley, the celebrity judge here, he, mm -hmm. he loves it. Of course, he's from Chicago. Um, but I always love buying shots to unsuspecting people. They're like, oh, this stranger's buying me shots. How sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. And get that facial reaction, you know, the Malort face. Are they, are they, do those people then just like go running out of the bar? Like, oh, what? The one time, what did uh, this, you do this, to me? this this is maybe three, four years ago. This woman came in on her birthday. It's my birthday, and I'm like, and she was just loud, and I was just like, oh my god. All right, hey, can I buy you a shot on your birthday? Oh wow, you're so cool. Yeah, wait, buy a shot of Malort. <laughs> did she just like lose it? She starts running in circles in the bar. <laughs> so she just like. Took it and, and just, just start waving her hands, back. running in circles. Oh, that's funny. And I just like bust out laughing. And then after a minute, I'm like, oh, I feel bad. So I bought a real shot later. But it was it was worth it. 
But anyway, Malort Fest coming to Milwaukee. I'm surprised they're not doing like a Malort 5K along with this. And this is July 27th. July 27th. So it was a few days after my birthday. So, yeah. So it's cool. Malort Fest at Ray's Growler Gallery. Yeah. So we want our credit, Ray. Because I know you've been listening to this bites. This is the only reason why you thought of this idea because you so you keep hearing this tagline. Yeah. So I think it's just Malort in the air. I mean, we're just spreading the good word. <laughs> it's just it's just filtering out there, Tree. I wonder gonna sell the mini bottles. Like the air like the yeah. mini bottles. So like I can get like a whole case and I'd be like, And you can just Santa. pass them out. Right. That could be your Christmas gift to everybody. <laughs> I'd rather have a lump of coal. <laughs> Well, that's week, this week's edition of This Bites. Uh, this Bites <laughs> is produced by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from Society Insurance. And, of course, your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org, on iTunes, Spotify, NPR, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And always stay hungry. And keep the malort cold. Hear that, Ray? Hear that, Ray? That's our tagline. Don't you dare steal that. We got lawyers. Anyway, have a great weekend. You too.